Welcome to the new season of the Live Your Spa Life Show. The Spa and Spa Life stands for Seek Power Always, that divine power within you to do what you're here to do. The theme for this season is Freedom Fighter. Amazing people like you share ways to ensure your freedom physically, financially, spiritually, and in your relationships to create a world-class life. In these times of uncertainty, it's time for you to move past the distractions and start trusting yourself more through your God-given knowingness. No one truly knows better what's best for you than you. In this season, you'll have plenty of examples of people choosing their best life and giving a voice of freedom to those who are also looking to have their best life. Thank you for sharing your precious time with us and being part of the Live Your Spa Life conversation. With us today is Sheila Sutherland. With almost 20 years of experience in science and education, Sheila combines her knowledge, quirky sense of humor, and curiosity in human behavior to find ways to master this thing we call life. Sheila is a certified social and emotional coach, professional educator, speaker, lifelong learner, and professional development junkie. Sheila, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Diane. I really appreciate you having me here today. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's great to have you here. I'd love for you to tell us about how infusing neuroscience into everything you do uh, makes a difference and how does understanding why you do the things that you do make it easier to make the shifts in your life? Oh my goodness, yes. And I think that is something that I won't say how long it took me to finally have that light bulb go on in my head about it, but it just, once I learned it, I was like, how did I not know this? But it, when you understand, you know, so if you, you've gone through some experiences or you've gone through some trauma, you've gone through, you know, some, just some stuff that may, you know, maybe, you know, labeled as negative when we can understand how our, our brain reacts to it, how our body reacts to it, it helps in being able to unravel it. You know, I have spent many years myself trying to, you know, get past a, a lot of blocks and things that I had in my life. And I kept thinking like, why do I feel like I, I keep going around this same circle again and again and again? Like, what am I not learning? <laughs> but it felt like I was just trying to put a Band-Aid on everything. But once I could realize, you know, what... Uh, I guess gaining that awareness of what is happening in my body in reactions, I can go, oh, okay, I know what I know what's happening. I know what I need to do now. And I'm able to diffuse it before it gets to the point where I'm just being reactionary, right? Mm -hmm. So you're being more proactive in a lot of your, your choices and reactions, instead of always trying to, you know, be on the defensive and being reactive and trying to like clean up the mess afterwards kind of thing, because we know that's never fun. Right. Right. You know, it's interesting when you talk about reaction, because this reminds me uh, when when I was a police officer, there was a distinction that I'd make between reacting to a situation versus responding. Right. And there's a different way of, of how that shows up. And a lot of people think of, you know, reaction as automatic, that you don't have a lot of control over. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about how you choose your reaction and how that actually affects you? And for some people, when they hear that, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, how can I, 
like, again, like most people think a reaction is automatic. It's kind of like how we're programmed. It's just how we are is what I, that's the term I hear a lot. It's just how I am. You know, <laughs> people just have to accept that. Right. And it's like, eh, no, uh, we can change it. But the first thing that it takes is having the awareness of it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we don't have that awareness until afterwards. And then you're like, oh, crap. Uh, you know, now <laughs> I have to, I have to, you know, do something. Right. But it's, and that takes time, right? There, there is, like I say, if you know you're talking with your partner and maybe there's a certain aspect of your relationship that it just, you guys always get in arguments over. I would say the next time it happens, try to take a breath, take a step back and feel what's happening in your body when you're getting, you're getting riled up. You know, maybe it could be that you're, you're feeling a little bit of a headache. Maybe you're feeling tightness in your chest. Maybe you're, you're starting to feel like your, your stomach is upset. Start noticing where the reaction in your body is starting. And the more you can see the pattern of that, then you're like, okay, I know if I keep following this path, it's not going to be the outcome that I want. Mm-hmm. So this is something that, you know, a lot of people want to have the quick fix. They're like, just tell me what to do now. So it doesn't have to happen again. It doesn't work that way. It takes a little bit of time to, to build that awareness of what it starts to feel like, what it starts to look like. And then once you, you start recognizing that, and that might mean you writing it down somewhere, kind of, I have a, a sheet that I give some of my clients where, you know, they, they kind of track you know, their emotions, what are the reactions in their body, what happens so they can start to see a pattern. And then when you start recognizing that when it happens, you're like, okay, I'm starting to feel that tightness in my chest. I know that that what if I just keep going at this, it's going to end up all of a sudden like this verbal kind of assault that's going to start coming out on whoever uh, happens to be there at that moment. But once you start recognizing, you're like, okay, I need to take a step away. So you mm-hmm. tell that person, look, I, I just need to leave the room. I'm getting a little bit worked up. I'm not ending this conversation. I'm just putting it on pause. I will come back once I kind of get myself together. And I don't think anyone was going to be like, well, no, we must continue that conversation. I mean, there might be those awesome, but you just like, look, I don't want to say something I, I will regret later. Can you just give me a couple minutes? Right, right. And and mm-hmm. I... Yeah. And I think everybody wants a positive outcome. Right. Right. We all want to, we want to figure out whatever the issue is. We want to come to a resolution. We don't want to naturally fight about everything, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think everybody would be interested. Okay. You know, I'll give her that two minutes or give him that two minutes and, and let's have that adult conversation about what we need, but it's that building that awareness first in your body so we can stop it before it happens. Right. Well, Sheila, there's a couple things that that stood out for me, what you said, as far as, you know, taking a breath. And I think that a lot of people, you know, uh, either gloss over that or don't look at the importance of that. And, you know, just taking a deep breath actually allows more oxygen to go to your brain, which calms you down, that actually allows you to show up differently. And sometimes, you know, either in my personal relationships or with my clients, a lot of times, you know, people can't come up with the words when they're in that reactionary thing. So especially with the people that you have, you know, a regular either relationship or contact with, if you even sometimes have a trigger word or even just say, hey, trigger, 
and just say, you know, hey, I, I need to step back for a second and to make that okay. And I think a lot of times people uh, can think that that can be a sign of weakness or, you know, hey, we need to push through this. Uh, but when you have those agreements and you really get clear and you have that awareness that you're talking about, then you can really um, approach it from a, a very different perspective. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as, as you said, as an, an adult, where you're actually choosing the kind of reaction, you're choosing the kind of interaction you have so that it does become more proactive. And having some of those breaks in conversation actually allows people to regroup and have an idea of, you know, what it is that they're going to do. And, and I think sometimes there's some fear that's involved in terms of, of how that shows up. And, you know, People react to fear in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, what are some of the techniques you use to kind of move past fear or have awarenesses around fear? Well, and a, a lot of it is kind of in what you just said is kind of get a plan in place before it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is where because because like you said, when we're in the moment, when we're riled up, we can't access that higher order thinking. You know, we can't get to our prefrontal cortex, which is all about our problem solving, our solutions. We cannot reach it. And I always equate that to a staircase. When you look at the parts of our brains, when you talk about our emotional brain, and then you talk about, you know, our thinking logical brain, I always imagine a staircase in between them. And when we've got that emotional, you know, we're riled up, we're in kind of in that moment, that staircase gets fogged in. And we just can't navigate up those steps to find the solutions. So we want to be proactive when we're in a calm state to make the, you know, have our, our list of, of solutions, a list of kind of processes that we can go through that work for us. You know, each one of us are going to be a little bit different of what it's going to work for. And so this is going to be like, be proactive and and figure out what that is going to be for you. Maybe it's a case of, you know, I need to leave the room. Maybe it is, I just need to close my eyes and take a few breaths. Like you say, calm down the nervous system. And one of the I say the big ones for me, because I had a lot of fear of, oh, what's the other person going to think? They're going to think, oh, I'm I'm running away from this conversation. I'm, you know, you know, whatever it is that they're thinking. I'll take an example, like my partner that I have right now, one of our conversations that we had near the beginning was I I sat him down and I said, okay, look, you know, when, if we ever are in a, a situation where we disagree about something and we're, we're getting kind of both heated on both ends. I said, I want you to know what that looks like on my end. And, you know, so I told him, you know, I said, uh, you know, I may, I may burst out crying because for me, any strong emotion shows up as tears. It doesn't mean I'm sad. It could mean I'm angry. It could mean I'm frustrated. It could mean, it could mean a lot of different things. But for me, I know that automatically tears will start coming. And so I said, that may happen. I may, I, I will feel like my chest and my throat is closing in. And so I explained to him what I'm going through physically. And then I said, this is what I need. And then I'll tell him that, you know, I, I need to leave the room. I need to take a few minutes. I need to calm down, but please, you know, don't follow me. Don't chase after me. Let me have that space. And I will come back. And I think it's very important that you tell them, you know, I am coming back. I am coming back to this conversation. I'm not abandoning it. I'm not forgetting about it. I'm not shoving it under the rug. I just, you know, I need to take that moment. So it's 
it's, you know, and I found that when I had that conversation with him and then he told me what it feels like and what it looks like for him, we both have this awareness, Mm -hmm. you know, so sometimes I may recognize now that I know I may recognize it in him. Oh, okay. I can see he's starting to get to that tipping point and I'll say, Hey, do you need to take a moment? And he'll be like, Oh, right, right. Right. You know, cause I maybe caught it before he did. Right. So it's, we help each other. Right. And this is, that's what, you know, being in a partnership, being in a, any type of a relationship, whether it's a partner or a, a parental parent child, you know, it's, that's what part of being a relationship is, is being able to help us navigate this together. Right. None of, none of us got the handbook, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know where that went, but if we can, both recognize it in each other. I think that, and then know that we are there to support each other. We may not agree with each other, right. but we're here to support each other through it. That helps alleviate some of that fear of, oh, what are they going to think? Oh, what are they going to judge me? Oh, they're going to hate me. They're going to think I'm silly. You know, all those things that are going on in our head, because right. a lot of that fear is just our unknown. Right. So again, if we can be proactive, set up those things, kind of take care of the monsters under the bed before they show up, then that, you know, they they don't have the power. This is all about you taking back your power. And this is how we do this. I love this. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I, as you were speaking about the, the crying aspect to it, it reminds me of one of uh, my long-term clients where it, frustrates her that when something's going on with her team and she feels kind of pushed to make a decision, she'll cry. And she hates that about herself because she feels like it it feels weak and that she's not being a good leader and it confuses her team. And so for her to kind of get that perspective to know, okay, I'm not sad or weak or any of those things. This is just how my body responds to actually release some of the angst that's happening within her body and to actually use that energy to get really clear and say, hey, I need a moment. I need to think this through because I want to make the best decision for our company, for myself, for our team. And when you know what your go-tos are, when you know what some of those reactions are, you can actually plan for it. And you can actually, you know, put people at ease to go, hey, it's not you. You know, it's not you know, what's going on. This is just how I process things. And I will come back with a solution. I will come back stronger and we'll be able to talk through it. So it's important to know, especially when you have ongoing things with teams that they know, Hey, how do you resolve things? How do you show up in things? And that it doesn't take you out of the game. It actually allows you to regroup and, and show up stronger. Well, and with her too, like it may take a couple of times, but she can start to know how it feels before those tears start coming, right? Because right? I I get that it, it's it's a feeling of embarrassment and everything when it happens, but you you can you there is triggers there are things that you can actually feel before you get to that point. Mm-hmm. So we, you know before she feels that or when she starts to feel those beginning things, she'll be like, okay, I know where this is going. That's the time to start you know to do the step back. Right. Right. So then that alleviates of, oh, they're going to see me crying again, you know, kind of thing, because it is tough for people on the other side to get it. Right. Right. Because they don't live in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll they'll hear your words and they'll be like, OK, that's kind of strange uh, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, because they don't that's not their experience. Right. And it's yeah. really hard for people. You know, they may 
they'll empathize, they may show compassion for it, but they don't truly get it because their body doesn't react that same way. But right. if you can learn to, like I say, you'll you'll start to learn what the, the cues are before you get to that. Then, like I say, you can alleviate the stress of, oh my God, they're going to see this again. Mm-hmm. And like I say, because you start getting all those different emotions happening and it just builds upon whatever the issue was that got you there in the first place. Right. And it's, it's no wonder so many of us end up... <laughs> you know, kind of getting into this, uh, like whirling dervish type of, of, of feeling because you end up having all these other emotions coming in that start piling on top of the original one. And then we can't separate out one from the other. It just feels like it's out of control. Right. Right. So, you know, speaking of experiences and, you know, one of the things that we talk about here on the show is, you know, things that have disempowered us and how we move through to the other side of that. You've experienced PTSD and a lot of people look at that as, you know, talk about the ultimate reaction, right? Things that happen uh, that you may not know what's triggering it. You may not know what's going on with it. Can you share a little bit about that experience and how you manage it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That at the beginning stages of that, you know, I felt like my life was completely out of control, you know, because before that I was, you know, I always saw myself as someone who was, you know, very controlled, very kind of, you know, I knew what was going on. I had an answer for everything kind of thing. And then, like I say, all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't trust my brain. I couldn't trust my body. I couldn't trust anything about me. And it was, a, it really did feel like I was just out there floating in the ether. I had nothing to hang on to, nothing to ground myself in. And it, it did feel like that I was just kind of all on my own. It, it, it felt it was a very alone uh, kind of feeling because it was really hard to put words to it. Mm-hmm. And it's something else that I think that everybody who has had PTSD probably has a different experience. I mean, yes, there's going to be certain things that are going to be, you know, similar, but everyone's experience is a little bit different and it is kind of hard to put words in. And I think at the very beginning, it really was hard for me to understand what does this label mean? Because I'm a person, I hate labels to begin with. And then I was like, oh God, I've got now this, this four-letter word label that's like stamped on my forehead. And I'm like, everybody can see it. And, you know, and everybody, as soon as they hear it, they have a certain perception of what that is. Now, granted, that was what 12 years ago now. Now I think people are understanding it a, a little bit more. But it it did feel very heavy and I didn't really know how to deal with it at the beginning. So I had to search out somebody to help me unpack that. And it it took some time to find the right person, you Mm -hmm. know, because, and I think that's really important for you when you are looking for support, someone to, you know, to help you through something, whether it's a coach, a counselor, a psychiatrist, a psychologist, find somebody who you, you really feel like you can, you have a connection with. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and I probably, Oh, I don't even know. I probably went through four or five different people before I found the right doctor that I was like, okay, you, you get, you get this, you get what I need. Mm-hmm. And he, and he was able to really guide me through this and guide me, you know, and I told him, I said, I, for me, I, I knew I was like, I, I don't want to take pills. I don't want to, you know, 
just kind of go down that road. I said, I, I need strategies. Mm-hmm. Give me strategies to, to figure out what I need to do in that moment so I can move past this. Like I, I was able to figure out what I needed. I just didn't know what it was. Right. And thankfully he, you know, he had that knowledge to do that. So he was the one who, one of the big things I always remember that was the big one for me. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about is when I was in a PTSD trigger, like I, I was literally like a tiger in a cage. Like I just, I would be circling. I would, my mind really couldn't focus on anything. You know, it was just constantly just this jumble of thoughts and emotions. And and for me, it was a lot of anger. I had a kind of a real hair trigger anger response. So, you know, nothing positive (laughs) was going to come out of that moment, you know, when I was in that trigger. And he had me write up a list of things that calmed me, that made me feel good, that would help me, you know, de-stress to be able to, you know, deactivate that moment. And so I started creating that list and I had it on my computer. Plus I also had a printed copy and I always had it handy that when I was in the trigger and I, I just, I couldn't think like, cause you just can't, I would have that list that I would go to. And maybe it was Oh, get outside and go, go find a quiet place to just go and sit and listen to nature. Uh, Maybe it was, I I used to do a lot of, uh, this may sound funny to some people, but I used to have a lot of those adult coloring books Mm. and I would sit down with those and I would start, I found that once I started doing that, it like it would almost distract my brain in a way that I, you know, everything would start to calm down. And so it was just, it's finding those things that feel good to you in the, you know, before it happens again, kind of being that proactive. Mm -hmm. And I would find that I was then able to navigate those triggers. And once things calm down, then I could kind of go, okay, what just happened? Right. And And then then be able to unpack it. Exactly. I could be more reflective and go, okay, what was that that caused this? you know, and I could sit there and then I was like, Oh, it was that. Okay. So if this happens again, Mm -hmm. right. So then you can kind of, again, build up that proactiveness, right. Cause you'll have the level to kind of get you started and to get things calm. And then I was like, okay, now that I am calm, now I can look back. Now I can reflect. Now I can, like you say, unpack it a little bit more. Now, what can I do? So you have it build those different levels of being able to get you through that. And I can't, like I say, again, I can't put a timeline of how long it took me to do that. But the more I did that, more I created that habit, the time of when the trigger would start to when the trigger would end started to become less and less and less. Right. And, and I, it also became that the, the processes that I would use became, let's say, smaller and smaller. So now when I feel like I'm triggered, maybe now all I need to do is, okay, now I just need to close my eyes and take some deep breaths. Yeah. And so now that works better than maybe what it did at the beginning, but it's a process of training. And I think it's so important for people when they're in this moment and they're, they're learning how to understand what's going through their brain and their body in this moment is having the self-compassion that goes with it. 
Mm-hmm. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to get it right, you know, right at the beginning. And it's not going to be every time. There are still times I don't get it right. <laughs> you know, it just, it you know, it, it depends on what the moment is, right? And right. But it's just kind of like, okay, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Again, how how can I make this different next time? Right. Don't make yourself wrong. You know, don't look at yourself. Oh, you know, I should have known better. All that kind of stuff, right? That starts going through your head. It's really exercising that compassion for ourselves of, hey, you know what? I've been through some stuff and I get this is how my body is still reacting. And this may be a lifelong thing. You know, I'm I'm still thinking, you know, I may never not react. Like I may never not have that PTSD trigger for certain things. But it's learning how to react, how I can respond more positively in that moment. So I'm not, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of puking it up all over whoever may be around (laughs) me, right? Right. Because that's not their thing. It's my thing. It's up, again, it's me taking my power. It's me taking control of what everything is going on in my life and knowing that I, I do have the ability to make it better, but it will take some time. Definitely. You know, some key things that you said there is that you actually had to go through several people to find the one that actually was a good match for you. And I think that's important important. because I think sometimes people will find somebody and it's not working and then they feel like there's a hopelessness. Like, you know, it's, it's them, they can't figure it out. And, you know, being able to be exploratory and being open to continue to search till you find the person that's the right match for you, whether it's, you know, you're a consultant, your coach, you know, a, you know, therapist, whoever that is for you to make sure you've got that right match, that it resonates with you, um, because that can really make the the big difference in the world of, of who you are working with in order to make that happen. And I love the part talking about that it's a journey and it's a process, that it's not a one and done, and that you're going to have different situations that are going to affect you in different way. And when you have that awareness and then you have different strategies, right, of what you're going to do when that happens, then after the fact, after that, you know, uh, initial contact has happened, you can then, when you're in a more, you know, uh, calm space, when you're in a more, you know, reflective space, what we call kind of executive state where your your brain can actually think versus being in survival state. Once you get beyond that survival state and you can actually get clear, then you can unpack it more and then you can get kind of some perspective on it. And then you can make some of those changes and be able to look at things um, from a different, different way. Um, one of the things that I love to ask my guests because the environments that we create affect how we feel and what we do. And one of the things is I like to ask, what is your favorite room in your home? Because we have different experiences in our bedroom, our kitchen, our office. What is that for you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think my most favorite space probably would be my bedroom. Uh, it's an area that I I truly wanted to make a sanctuary. Uh, for me, because one of the issues I had through my PTSD was I had trouble sleeping. And so I really wanted to have that space, you know, be calming, be just kind of have that tranquilness to it. So, you know, I bought some really luxurious linens and pillows for my bed. I, I have, you know, first thing I look at every morning when I wake up, 
And again, this may seem silly to some people, but I, when I travel, I like to, you know, get those like little fridge magnets and I have them, I have like a a metal thing that I have on the wall at the foot of my bed that has them all there. And I have a kind of a special picture with a quote, travel quote and thing like, that's something that's really meaningful and it's really, it's my passion uh, for me that when I wake up and I look at it and that's the first thing I see is I can see, you know, where I've been and I can remember and reflect on some of the places that I've, you know, I've seen and I've been able to experience. And, and so I, I create that, that sense of just, I guess, joy uh, in my, you know, in my bedroom so that it is that place that when I do shut my eyes and go to sleep at night it supports me in having that deep, restful, peaceful sleep that my body so desperately needs. I love that environment that you've created for yourself. That is that is so important. And, you know, it, our environment, you know, how we, what we see when we wake up, what the last thoughts we have when we go to bed, like these are all important things, not only for deep rest, but for what it is that we think about, right? And and setting up that environment to support you. I, I love that so much. And, you know, I know we're getting to our, our end here and I know that our listeners are going to want to stay in contact with you. How can they best do that? Uh, best do that would be uh, either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, both of both places, it's under reignite your purpose. I'm also under both as just my personal name as well. Connect either way is, is would be awesome. You know, if you want to chat, you know, through the messenger is the easiest way, uh, like you say, to get a hold of me in that regard. Um, but if I can, I'd like to make, kind of put out a challenge uh, to the listeners is to when this podcast ends, like when you are done listening to this episode, you know that there's probably something in it that's really has been speaking to you. Rather, it has been finding that person that you resonate with that can support you through something. Maybe it's that course. Maybe it's that that uh, workshop that you've been wanting to do and you keep like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get to it. Or that book that keeps showing up. I would like, I'm going to challenge you to take action on it today. Mm. You know, th- listening to these episodes is great, but when it ends and you've taken no action, you know, it, it doesn't, you, you don't get to move any f- foot forward in, in your life. So I just want when some, I hope something in today that in our conversation sparked something in someone, and I just want to challenge them to take action in some way to support yourself in yes. what you need. No, I, I think that is so great that I mean, even taking a small action just to start examining, you know, what are your triggers? Like, what is it, you know, what are you doing to uh, have the awareness, uh, you know, a lot of the conversations that we had in and around this. Um, I'd also like to bring attention to, I love the reigniteyourpurpose.com as your website. And, you know, one of the, you know, your mission is to break the cycle of burnout. And I'd love for, you know, in our last thoughts here, uh, you know, there's so much that's happened in the world right now that people are just out of the, you know, things are not as we um, have seen them ever before in the past, particularly over the last uh, couple years. And, you know, people connecting with other people, people just, you know, not sure about what they're doing. There's just so many things that are that are out of alignment with that. And, you know, with our uh, our theme this year is about you know, how you're creating freedom in your life. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you're helping people break that cycle and how you're creating freedom for yourself and others. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. This hasn't this last two years been something holy moly, you know, <laughs> and none of us have been immune to it. I don't believe, you know, we've all, we've all been in it and yes, it, it, it all starts with a conversation of where are you in your life and what is it, what is it that isn't working? You know, because we have to know what isn't working before we know what can work. Right. So then we will have those conversations of, you know, you know, what is it that seems to be keeping you stuck in that, that cyclical motion of constantly, you know, burning yourself out. Maybe you are, you know, you're that caregiver that takes care of everybody else first. And by the time you've done that, there's nothing left for you, you know, so maybe it's a, an, some of the self-care we need to look at. Maybe it's creating more boundaries, right? Cause again, this, we got, we got stuck in this moment where all of a sudden our worlds became very small and maybe we, maybe in the, sometimes in some of that, some of our boundaries kind of got broken during that time. Maybe right. it's a time of rebuilding those and being able to stretch ourselves back out into the world slowly. Cause I know everybody's going to be at a, di a different pace. And that's just another thing. It's an awareness, right. Of just because somebody else, now that everything has opened up again, somebody else is going a million miles an hour out there back to making their life back to what their normal is. Your normal may look something different. So it's just creating what it is that you want for your life. And I know during this time, I've done a lot of reevaluating in my own life of what, uh, what I want and what my goals are. And I think that's where a lot of people are right now, because the people we were two years ago are not the people who we are today. So there may be a lot of reevaluation that needs yeah. to take place because like you say, what, what was an alignment two years ago has changed. And so if we just go try to go back to doing what we were doing, that maybe that, that there's a friction or something that's just not working and we keep pushing and pushing, and that's just going to create the, the more burnout, the more exhaustion, the more fatigue. So let's do that reevaluation and, and see where, who we are today. And that's just, maybe we need to meet who this, you know, version 5.0 or whatever this new version <laughs> is of ourselves. We need to meet them and, and then fully embrace who they are. I love it. Thank you so much to Sheila for sharing your wisdom with us here today. Thank you so much, Diane. I loved every second. Uh, and to our listeners out there, you know, in spa life, we talk about seek power always, that power within you, that divine power. You know what you need. Give yourself that time to do it. Really, you know, take that action that Sheila talked about here today and really see what's true for you, how you can, you know, really monitor your reactions to things. Take those simple steps. You know, if you need to have somebody, you know, to support you through that, that's a great thing, right? To have people to support you. Both Sheila and myself are happy to help you in any way. Please reach out to us. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye-bye.